Well, good morning, church. I hope that uh, you are all going great. I hope that you had uh, an amazing Christmas break uh, and uh, celebrated with friends and family. And uh, for those of you who were uh, unable to celebrate it with friends and family, I pray and hope that you uh, were surrounded by the love of Jesus and felt his presence tangibly through that time. And uh, we find ourselves here in the new year. We made it 2021. And uh, 2020, what a year it was. And uh, I just want to start by firstly saying congratulations and well done to every person who is watching this this morning. Because despite what you heard and despite what we have been told through this time, I think it's a massive achievement that we made it through 2020. And, uh, you know, I, I think it needs to be said that it was a year that no one planned for, that no one was prepared for. And, uh, you know, I heard some people say that if you didn't like start a business through the pandemic or if you didn't uh, learn a new language or something like that, then you wasted time. But I think that's rubbish because I think that just making it through that time and getting to this point right now uh, is a massive effort and a massive achievement. And I just want to say well done to you because we sit here today and uh, we made it through 2020 and, and you might be sitting Uh, listening today and 2020 may have taken its toll you might be sitting here empty you might feel uh, exhausted Uh, the tank is is running low Uh, and that's okay but I believe that uh, God has a plan for 2021 and for your life that is great and uh, that if we allow him to to lead the way he will lead us into something greater and, uh, you know, the, the whole year, 2020, was, it was a trajectory-shifting year. For some people, you know, you lost jobs. For some people, you know, you lost loved ones. And uh, for some people, your career might be up in the air. You might be sitting here this morning and, and your career's just up in the air and you don't know what the next step is. I know for me, uh, you know, there was one moment during 2020 towards the back end and uh, it was this real defining moment for me, and it was, it was a strange moment. Um, for those of you who are watching and don't know, um, I actually do music um, and uh, have for over the last four years been living on and off in America. And, um, you know, I think it was in August uh, last year, we actually signed a record deal in America. And uh, so, so we we're over there and we signed the dotted line and we were all excited and it was great and it was a massive achievement. And I think it was like a couple of days after we signed the, the, the record deal in America, we decided that it was time to come back to Australia because obviously we'd lost all our gigs and, uh, and there was not really much happening over there. And so something that was something that we'd worked towards and, and we, thought, we thought that that's the way it was all going days later we decided that we were going to come home and so we'd signed the deal and probably it was probably about three and a half four weeks later that I'd come back to Australia and we'd done the quarantine and all of that kind of thing and I'd picked up some work at a school and I was uh, I was I was doing some maintenance work and some cleaning around the school and I was cleaning up leaves off the playground and so I'm walking around, it's like 7.30 in the, in the morning and I've got this big blower vac and I'm, I'm pushing it along and I'm, I'm cleaning up leaves and I had this thought and I thought to myself, you know, three and a half weeks ago, I signed a record deal in America and now here I am, 7.30 in the morning, walking around, picking up leaves. 
And I thought that is the meme of 2020 for me. It's what signing a record deal in 2020 looks like. One week you're in America, the next you're picking up leaves uh, at a school in Australia. And so the trajectory of, of my life changed in a moment. And for you, 2020 could be like that. It could be that you had plans and, and you had dreams and you had a career that was going this way and all of a sudden 2020 has come and slapped us in the face and it's been a trajectory changing year. And, and that can cause so many things to rise up in us and you might be sitting this morning and you might be frustrated, you might be bitter, you might be resentful and angry and I want to talk to you this morning about that and I want us to look at a story in the Bible that I believe of this young man, and we're going to look in Genesis 37, and we're going to look at the story of Joseph. Because I believe Joseph is a man whose life we can look at and whose life was, was drastically changed in moments that were outside of his control. And we can learn from his life as things in our lives have been changed in the last year that were outside of our control and how to act. And we can see how he chose to act in these moments. So what we're going to do is we're going to open up to Genesis chapter 37 and we're going to go to verse 18. This story is, it's a long story in the Bible. It covers uh, 13 chapters of the Bible from 37 to 50. And uh, I'm not going to be reading all of that today because... It is just way too long, but I'm going to work through some of the points. And uh, today I've just got one point. I've just got one point, uh, and, and I believe that as I thought about this point and as I uh, just you know studied it and as I looked into this story, it was this one thing that just kept rising up and just kept uh, you know coming into my head, and I believe that it was put on my heart uh, for, for us today, and I want to share that with you, but we're going to work through this story and then... We're going to get to it. So we're going to open up Genesis 37, chapter 18, and it says this. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns where you can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. Joseph had these brothers and Joseph was the youngest, and, and Joseph's father, Joseph was his favorite. He gave him this, this colorful jacket, and uh, the brothers were very jealous of Joseph as to see as why we, we read that they want to kill him here. And it says in 23, we jump down to 23, and it says, So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm and aromatic resin from Galilee down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver, and the traders took him to Egypt. Right here we see the course of Joseph's life change. 
He was, at this moment, he was 17 years old. And he would have had plans, he would have had dreams, he would have had desires. And right in a moment that was outside of his control, all those things changed. The trajectory of his life majorly altered at the decision of his brothers to sell him into slavery. Everything he thought his life would look like in that moment was thrown out the window. But for Joseph... He goes through more of these life-altering changes. And we read in Genesis, Genesis sorry, 39, verse 1. It says this, When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. As he served in the home of his Egyptian master, I want to encourage some people today. And I want to tell you that despite what your life looks like now, despite what 2020 has brought you to and the situation you find yourself in, the Lord is still with you. The Lord has not left you. He has not forsaken you. Just as he is with Joseph, he is with you wherever you find yourself. Continuing on, it says Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came in and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, Come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. By this time in Joseph's life, we could not blame him for just giving up. Multiple times in his life, due to things that were outside of his control, 
He was sold into slavery at 17. And years later, he was accused of something that he did not do and thrown into prison. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in a moment where we could not blame him if he was filled with anger, if he was filled with frustration, if he was filled with bitterness. If he was filled with all the human responses that we think that he should have in this moment. What he thought his life was going to look like was drastically different to the situation that he found himself in. And that might be your story this morning. You might be sitting there and you might be filled with all those things because of what has happened, because of the last year that you have walked through. And you might be feeling those things. But I want to encourage you with this. And as we continue to look at Joseph's life, we see that still Joseph's continued to make the, make the most of every situation he found himself in. We read on and, and we continue to look through this story. And I'm not going to read these, these bits of this story, but we read that while he was in prison... A few guards were also thrown into prison and Joseph, uh, these guards had these dreams and, and they were looking for these dreams to be interpreted and Joseph spoke up and he said, I'll interpret your dreams for you. This is God's work and, and I will interpret your dreams. So he interpreted the dreams and for one guard it, it ended very well, for one guard it ended very badly. And in interpreting those dreams and, and, and making the most of that in the situation that he was in, he found himself... Uh, in front of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, because Pharaoh had had a dream and he'd heard that Joseph had interpreted these guards' dreams. And so he called Joseph in and he said, Joseph, you need to interpret this dream. And so Joseph found himself in front of the king, interpreting the king's dreams. And I want to say this, that if Joseph gave in to the anger and the bitterness and the resentment for the, the way that his life had gone and the situations that he was in, he never ever would have found himself standing in front of the king. Joseph didn't let his situation make him bitter. Joseph let his situation make him better. And he stood in front of the king and he interpreted the king's dream and the king's response was that he made Joseph the second in charge over all of Egypt. And I believe that the way that Joseph responded to the situation that he was in, the situation that life, life had thrown at him, and the way that he didn't dive into bitterness, he didn't dive into anger and didn't dive into frustration and let that rule his life, but said, you know what, this is where I am. This is, where I, this is the place that I have been put. And no matter what, I'm still going to do what God has called me to do. I'm still going to use the gifts that God has given me. And so he interprets the dreams. And by doing that, he ends up being the second in charge over all of Egypt. And I want to tell you today, my challenge to you today is this. Don't let 2020 make you bitter. Let 2020 make you better. Don't let the situation you find yourselves in right now, whether it, whatever trajectory change and shift has been in your life, whatever it looks like, God still has a plan for you. God is still going to use you. Don't dive into bitterness. 
but let the situation and let God use you where you are right now for his glory, just as Joseph did. And then Joseph was promoted. And I know God has great plans for us. Moving on in the story, we get to the moment. And as, a, as you're reading, you're like, this is the moment that Joseph's going to crack. This is the moment where it's all going to come undone, where he's going to let his emotions get the better of him, where he's going to let the situation overcome him, and he's going to get revenge. And we see in, uh, in uh, Genesis uh, 45, we pick back up, but this is where his brothers enter back into the story. The same brothers who sold him into slavery when he was 17 years old, enter the story again when Joseph is now the, the, the prince of Egypt. He's second in charge over all of Egypt. And, uh, and they, they go to Joseph, and Joseph, Joseph obviously recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And they have these interactions, and there's these moments where Joseph's talking to his brothers, and the brothers are, are bowing down to him, and, and they're, they're, Joseph's giving them grain because they've found themselves in, in this big drought. And that was part of the dream that uh, Joseph had interpreted for Pharaoh. And it was that there was going to be seven years of prosperity and then seven years of drought. And they found themselves in the midst of the drought. And his brothers had gone to Egypt to, to get food and to get grain for their family. And you can read all about this. But I want to pick up in Genesis 45. And this is where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers and who he is. And you think to yourself, you just couldn't blame Joseph for saying, you know what, that's it. You're all going to jail. I'm going to make life hell for you from now on because of what you did to me. But again, Joseph doesn't get bitter. Joseph doesn't let bitterness rule his life. He doesn't seek revenge. In 45 verse 1, it says, Joseph could not stand it no longer. There were many people in the room and he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing or harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made, an made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. It's an amazing response. It's an amazing moment in this story. But you see, what Joseph realized was that what was meant for harm, God used for good. What was meant to end him and what was meant to be the end of the story for Joseph, God used that for good. And I want to tell you today, no matter where you are, no matter the situation you find yourself in, if you think that it was meant for harm, if you think that it was meant to throw you off, God can use it for good if we allow him to. 
see Joseph back in prison. When the guards said their dreams and they spoke about their dreams and asked if there was anyone who could interpret it, Joseph could have remained silent. He could have been like, you know what? No, stuff it. I'm not going to talk. Because of what life's done to me and because of the situation I'm in, forget it. I'm not going to use the gifts God's given me. I'm not going to do it. And he would have missed the opportunity to interpret the dreams. But instead of allowing bitterness to rule his life, instead of allowing resentment to rule his life, he stood up and said, no, no matter where I am, no matter the situation I'm in, I'm still going to use what God has given me. And that is an encouragement for you today. That whatever God has blessed you with, whatever uh, gifts that he has given you, whatever situation you find yourself in, you can still use that for his glory. You can still use that and God will promote you. God will use you for his glory, just as he did with Joseph. So church, it's as simple as this. One point. And I know it's corny and I know it's cheesy. And I trust me, I fought against saying this because I don't like little cliches. I don't like corny statements. But as I resonated on it and as I thought about it, it impacted my heart and it impacted my life. And I've thought about it every day since because the trajectory of my life in 2020 was changed too. And the outcome of what I thought and the plan that we had was vastly different to what the end of the year looked like. But this is my challenge. This is my encouragement. This is the one point, church. Is don't let 2020 make you bitter. Let 2020 make you better. And as we move forward into 2021, as we move into the future, I know that God has a plan for you. I know that God is going to use you. I know that God has a purpose. And that is greater than anything that we can ask, think, or imagine. We just need to be people who are going to be, despite where we stand, still be used by God, still have an attitude where we're going to step up and we're going to say, despite where I am, despite what it looks like, I'm still going to give glory to God. I'm still going to be used by God. I'm still going to use the gifts that He has given me. And I know that the future is bright. I know that the future with Jesus guiding our way and guiding your way is bright. Church, don't let it make you bitter. Let it make you better. Let's pray. Lord God, I come before you right now, Jesus. And I thank you for every person that is watching and listening to this. Lord God, I know with all my heart that, that you have a plan for them, that you have a purpose for them. And I believe that this morning. And Lord God, despite what the last year has, has led us to, despite what is outside of our control and the situations that we find ourselves in right now, Lord God, give us the courage and the strength to not dive into bitterness, to not dive into frustration and resentment and let that rule our lives, Lord, but let us stand up, let us rise up and continue to walk in what you have for us. Lord God, let us make the choice day in and day out that we're going to serve you, that we're going to love you, that we are still going to use the things that you have given us, Lord God, and that we may be people that draw people towards you, God. That we may be people who shine a light amongst the darkness, Jesus. Jesus. 
Lord God, and I just pray for every person, Lord God, as we move into 2021 and into the new year, Lord God, for the new dreams, for the new vision, for the new desires, Lord God. Lord God, may we just always seek you. May you walk before us. May we go after what you have for us, Jesus. Lord God, and we choose not to be bitter, but we always choose to get better. In Jesus' name, amen.